Right on, right on, right on. On this episode of Right On Radio, the Netherlands has a secret. Yes, it's very quiet over there talking about some of the topics that are going to come up today. And we have a special guest from the Netherlands who's an expert. And she's not only an expert, she's one of the team members with Jesse on Illuminate the Darkness. In fact, she has a very prominent role and she is a survivor herself. The story is captivating. And when you find out what's going on in the Netherlands, you're going to want to start focusing some of your attention there. But before we get into the program, just a reminder, please like, subscribe, and share this program. The tech giants are against us. They're censoring this information like it, it, like crazy. So please, please, please like, subscribe, and share. It's only a click. It takes hardly any effort on your own. And yes, this information is very important to get out. And you can also join the conversation on our Facebook page. If you go onto Facebook and you search at Real Right On Radio, all one word, it'll come up. You'll see my pretty mug there. And please like and subscribe to that page as well, because not only do you get the episodes that are posted on there, but I post some other information and other fun videos as well, and actually some disturbing videos. But without further ado, here comes our interview. Right on radio. Right on radio. Welcome back to Right On Radio. I'm, I am your host. And I'm here with Jesse. Hey there. And Jesse is here. She has brought on one of her team members, one of the people in the fight to stop satanic ritual abuse, human trafficking, among other things. These people are trying to save the world. And if you want to know how they're doing it, I urge you and implore you to visit their website, which is www.illuminatethedarkness.com. And just recently, they've added a Patreon. It costs a lot of money to host a website with such massive amounts of information. It has completely been done without support of people, but now you can support it. Count it as treasure in heaven when you give this because you are going in on the fight of good versus evil. And I also want to give a quick plug to Kathy Kathy Fox blog. That's at Kathy with a C, Kathy Kathy Fox on Twitter. Now today we've got a really special guest. We're going to be focusing on the Netherlands and there is no one better than Jesse's teammate, Marion. Marion, welcome to Ride On Radio. Thank you for having me. Hi. So, hi, and Marion. Just as we start, if you could give just a brief introduction of of who you are, uh, a little bit of your background. You don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but then also give us a bit of background on the Netherlands, because our audience is primarily based in the U.S. And the U.S. history programs don't teach much beyond the border of the U.S. So, Marion, tell us about yourself and the Netherlands. Yeah, well, um, I am an author. Um, I'm writing novels. I'm also a photographer. 
art photographer and um, besides that um, on a project basis I'm a political networker um, besides that um, I have been having some encounters with um, the Luciferian Brotherhood or Illuminati because um, I have been stalked by my rapist for 22 years and um, I have had some hard clashes with the police and the justice system in the Netherlands, which has taught me a lot about how victims of sexual abuse basically are being treated in my country. Um, and then about my country, many people from abroad will have the connotation of windmills when thinking of the Netherlands, wooden shoes, or tulip fields and Amsterdam and for instance the red light district in Amsterdam um, and linked to that red light district there are the ideas of tolerance and freedom you know people in the Netherlands appear to be very liberal everybody says and um, if I want to make some kind of image for people abroad about the size of the Netherlands and its population, then I'd best compare the um, size of our country with half of South Carolina. And we have a population of 17.4 million, which is a lot. The Netherlands has, yeah, is one of the most densely populated countries in the world. And um, the harbor of Rotterdam is one of the biggest, most extended and busiest harbors of the entire world. But there are also negative sides to my country. Um, due to the things that I told you, um, the Netherlands is also a transit harbor for drugs. It is a paradise for multinationals if it comes to taxes. And there is this gateway of human trafficking. So, Marion, when you so when you bring up the red light district in, in Amsterdam in particular, it, you know, it's been known for decades, you know, before pot was legalized in other parts of the United States and Canada that people would go to Amsterdam to go to smoke drugs legally. And there was the legal prostitution. Are, are these prostitutes in that in the red, dist, red light district, are they volunteers? Um, a part of them are, but another part is not. Another part is um, subject to human trafficking. Now, would they, would they be acquired the way a pimp would just looking for someone who you know has problems at home and and giving them a a, a way to get out or how, how does that happen or is it legitimate people being stolen and trafficked to be honest i don't really have um enough information about that personally um but there is a great deal of human trafficking of people coming from abroad um, they got promises of a good life and many perspectives in the Netherlands and um, then they were fooled 
into prostitution. I honestly could not tell what the um, rate of them is, how many of them there are. If you but there, there's compare that with the voluntary. Sorry? There's definitely got to be some, though, when it when it's so oh, prevalent. Oh, yes, there and, are. There are and, most and, I, yeah. and I can see Jesse is itching to get in here with a question, but just, just before she does, um, I'm really, really thankful for your bravery in coming out and, uh, and being a victim and being stalked. Uh, our prayers go out for you and the listening audience who believes in God. Uh, I do ask that you pray and pray against this stalker. And, you know, just uh, keep restoring Marion and, and, you know, th there's, there's no accidents. And, you know, for some reason, the Lord is, uh, has let you go through this. And, and I believe that your pain is going to save thousands of people from experiencing this pain, if not, if not tens of thousands or more. So Je Jesse, I know you want to jump in. Yeah, um, yeah, my heart has always gone out to Marianne about that. And I know we spent a lot of time praying over that and for him and um, for the horrific way that, you know, your country deals with with those type of issues and, and deals with women in general who are claiming abuse of any type. Um, you know, talking about these women in the red light district, you know, and I know you're, the facts are probably hard to get, but, you know, just from your own thoughts and what you pick up, do you feel that most of the women um, who are going through that in that area, would you say that the majority of them are Netherlanders or are they being brought in from other countries? Um, yet again, there is this mixture of them. You know, there are both Dutch women and also foreign women. Yeah, that that's all that I can say about it because it really is a mixture. Yeah. And what would you say, um, what type of things, you know, we or maybe we should address the issues first. Um, how is your country treating um, the women who are going, who are claiming these type of abuses? Um, what does that look like in the Netherlands? Um, if you're talking about prostitution, there are um, organizations that are trying to help them and um, authorities are trying to help them. Um, I, um, if I generalize it and go back to the um, sexual abuse as such, um, then we have a problem because um, there are a few um, issues that are even stemming from the law. Uh, if I would look at my situation, um, being raped is not nice, but then getting to prove it is difficult, of course. Um, that will be difficult in any country, and that will be a difficult side of the law, of the legal um, side of um, matters in any country. But what I have found out is that, um, yeah, let me think how to put that in English. If I look at the stalking side of my case, um, I found out the hard way that in the Netherlands, if a crime is um, 
having a sentence of three years or less. So if a perpetrator of a crime is um, being sentenced to prison for three years or less, then the, um, there is only six years that the crime is, yeah, valid to, you know, then it's, it takes, it, it, you cannot wait for seven years and then go to the police and press charges. You will have to do it within six years. And um, the consequence of that is stalking has three years. So a stalker could be in prison max for three years, officially according to the law. And that means that somebody in the Netherlands who is stalked for longer than six years, those all those other years beyond six years are not being looked at. You know, you can be officially, according to the law, you can only be sentenced, uh, you can only be stalked for six years. So there's so, a lot of minimizing of crime. There is, and that is, of course, um, placed in the category of um, tolerance and freedom, etc. But yeah. Freedom the, the, to be a stalker. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, what you're describing sounds a lot like what we have is called the statute of limitations. So after a certain amount of years, it just kind of disappears. You can't go after it any longer. That is the term that I was looking for. Exactly. But yeah. that's a very short term. You know, in, in most yeah. countries, it's like 25 years. And in, particularly with children, I know yeah. that President Trump has, has removed it. It can be you know, any number of years, as long as a person's alive, you can go after them. And so on that note, uh, what came up as well, there, there was something that happened in the Congress and it was quite revealing or shocking in the government. They said they talked about SRA or sat satanic ritual abuse. Can you elaborate on what happened with that? Because this is a very important point. Yeah, exactly. Um, what happens is, is that um, we have a background in the Netherlands of um, being silent. We don't talk about satanic ritual abuse and the, the vast majority of people in the Netherlands don't even know about its existence. And if they would hear about it, they would not believe it. And this is part of the um, national character of the Netherlands, uh, of the people in the Netherlands. Uh, they are um, very level-headed um, they have this saying just act normal that's crazy enough and that goes very far that saying because um, if there is something that is too incredible to imagine then it automatically just does not exist in the Netherlands well I think that's and kind of a worldwide thing this is really just coming to light now but but you had mentioned that uh, there was a, a radio show that talked about yeah. this and then it came up yeah. in congress can you can you explain that a, a little bit further Miriam? yeah exactly um so it was a miracle already that this specific radio show was being aired it was a show made by um created by investigative uh, journalists and 
they have been asking victims to come forward and anonymously um, share their stories. And there, there were a few hundred coming up in reaction to that with their stories. And of that, they made this program. It was very revealing. No real names of perpetrators were named, but situations were, descri were described. Um, mm. After that show, the, the country was shocked on a small scale. Um, the people who have heard it. And um, in reaction to the show, there were a few members of Congress and they decided to ask some official questions to the State Secretary of the Justice Department. His name is Mr. Grapperhaus. And um, they asked him, could you please explain um, what is going on? And Above all, could you please start investigating this whole question, whether or not ritual abuse is a widespread thing in the dark realms of our country. And so the state secretary sent a letter back in answer to that. And it was a very negative letter and he based um, his um, reaction on an institution within the police the National Police of the Netherlands. And this institution had the task to investigate the first part of um, cases that were brought to them of ritual abuse. But the institution in question had only one goal and that was making sure that nobody was falsely accused. So the result was that they would hardly bring out any advice of go to the police and then really press charges. And now the Minister of State, uh, the, the State Secretary, answered in his letter to the uh, members of Congress saying, well, you know, there are hardly any cases, so it doesn't make sense to um, start an investigation. Goodbye. But now there is a nice little detail to this all. I'm saying this very sarcastically <laughs> because exactly at the very day that that letter came out from the state secretary mr state secretary got married himself and he caused a tiny little scandal because he had a paparazzi make pictures well he had is a big thing because i cannot prove that but anyway there was a paparazzi and he made pictures of the wedding and there was no social distancing between Mr. Grapperhaus and the family and friends. So that was a big scandal in times of COVID-19. But that actually put a huge shadow on that letter about satanic ritual abuse. And the letter was never noticed by the media. So now we are having um, a situation with, I'm not going to do anything from the state secretary. Then there is the victims, the victims and their friends and a few therapists who are brave enough to help them, who have started to gather on the internet and who finally started to find each other and started to support each other this summer. And you have those members of Congress 
people were getting that bad answer from the state secretary. Now the members of Congress have um, decided to not take that no for an answer and they have asked to plan a debate in Congress. And that debate about SRA is going to take place on October the 6th. And we are going to try and go and watch that debate in the government building in The Hague. So fingers crossed and, and prayers up because uh, yeah, we are seeing already some huge attempt from the attempts from the government to make sure that there will again be no media coverage. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a huge problem. Um, you know, as a victim myself, I know how hard it is in the first place to find any tangible evidence against some of these crimes, especially any satanic ritualistic crimes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's already hard enough to get any evidence to give to law enforcement. But then to, you know, to be confined by time and reporting, as well as, um, you know, with that law that, you know, they're really protecting people, you know, it makes it double hard to try to prove, you know, it's like it, it leaves it all on the victim to fully prove, which I do believe, you know, we do have to be accountable to full disclosure but, you know, it, it makes it also more intimidating. Um, you know, have you got to talk to any of the advocates or victims about this there? How are they feeling or reacting? You know, does this encourage them to report more? Or is it kind of making it so that people are not wanting to come forward? Well, especially the victims, if there are any people in my country, then it's the victims who know of all these dynamics that I just described and that you also truly described. Um, and they know how, how things are being frustrated. They know about how far and how, how, how far the system goes of the Luciferian Brotherhood. They know where they are um, infiltrated. They even infiltrated during our first demonstration on our first protest in four cities in the Netherlands on end of August, you know? And and especially the victims are very sharp. They they really see um, what is going on, who is from where, who is sent by whom, and um, Yeah, you know, they do feel lonely. They do feel um, chased. Um, Many of them are just not in total safety. Actually, none of them. But then, of course, we have the Lord who is protecting. And yet again, I have to be careful in saying that just like that, because There are so many incidents that have happened to victims in the Netherlands, Um, people who get um, abducted again and tortured again. 
who get threatened from day to day and you know um, but it doesn't hold all of them back to press charges we do realize um, and this is me speaking as just a victim of sexual abuse um, I realize that filing a report does make sense at least for the st statistics because you can prove that you have done that and at least it helps for that um, but yeah they, they know how things are working and at this moment I think that we all are in a period of transition in the Netherlands um, the victims are for the first time in their lives um, meeting many others who are sympathizing or helping or victims themselves and um, that already happened among the victims during the research for the radio program um, yeah the investigative journalists have done a wonderful job I yeah so but the situation is very difficult and the battle is harsh and um, the people involved get threatened, they get frustrated, they get frustrated even by controlled opposition. They always have to watch carefully who is doing what and who is having which plans and the one of the big problems that I also see is that um, the whole terminology of white hats and black hats and gray hats like the white hats being the people who are really trustworthy and, and working to save kids to, to, to help the victims and the black hats being the total opposite um, in the Netherlands I realized there I couldn't say out of my own experience whether there are many white hats at all or even a few. There must be, but I don't really know who those would be. And in America, that's a big difference because in the US, people do really know and may it, only, may it not only be um, out of own experience, but from friends, they will hear this guy is a white hat, that guy is a black hat, etc. It's much more open. Marion, one thing that comes to mind is you had mentioned the dense population of the Netherlands, and you know, with with over 17 million people in such a small country, I, it sounds like it would be very easy for people to go missing or for people to be brought in as far as the human trafficking goes. Do you know, is there a lot of children that go missing every year in the Netherlands? Are you familiar with the stat statistics on that? Um, yet another difficult subject because um, it's in the US we just simply know. Um, in the Netherlands, there is no talk in the public space about this that much. So you would really need to do deep research in order to get realistic figures if it comes to that. Um, and also, um, what I do know is, 
No, no, no. So I was just so so the government doesn't keep statistics on missing people or. Oh, they must. It, it, yeah, of course. They, they, they. But, it, but it's not. I think they do. I, I, I think they do. But it's I not part of the national thing. conversation. Yeah, it, it's um, it's just not part of the. Yeah, that's right. It's not a public space um, thing, and um, what we do see happening, but most of us have no idea what to make of it is that the Dutch version of CPS, Child Protective Services, is um, engaging in some real strange shadow plays. Um, What happens to um, families with chronically ill children that are being taken care of within the homes of those families, that there has been an increasing number of cases that anonymous or not so anonymous individuals have um, just called CPS on them, claiming that they would, that the father or the mother would um, abuse the child or neglect the child or very popular among people working at CPS in the Netherlands, um, having Munchausen by proxy syndrome. When, for instance, a mother is actually willfully making a child ill and then go to doctors and, and, and have the doctors really taking care of the child and getting some kind of sick rush out of that. And, um, So what is happening is that those reports are filed at CPS and there are the so-called confidential doctors working at CPS who are, and and also just the the, the family um, social workers at CPS, they have nothing like finding the truth and going for the truth they they have the tendency to um, listen to assumptions and um, they just go by that and so the parents are very helpless in that and they get this report that is being held in the archives of CPS and that will make many things in life difficult for these parents. And um, what I am afraid of is that um, children who are placed outside the family into some kind of home, that things do happen to them. And I do know that there have been children taken out of homes and things happen to them, bad things. But once again, it is not that much common knowledge in the Netherlands. And that is a big problem because, you know, it goes unseen. And, and no matter how hard the, 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 the parents are screaming and no matter how much um, volunteers who are helping them and, and, and defending them are trying to get the attention from the government for this problem, it just is not addressed 
it's just not addressed by the government and it's just shoot away. So while you, you were talking, Mary, and I was just searching for statistics and they're really buried. So I'm just reading between some lines here. Uh, so mm. th this is not verified, but I was on the Trackamo site and it seems that based on your population, it would be between 30 and 50,000 children a year under 18. That is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, but what we do know in the Netherlands is that especially from um, centers where um, foreigners, um, political refugees, asylum seekers are um, being, um, yeah, given a place to wait until the government decides whether or not they can be an illegal alien in the Netherlands. Um, asylum centers, we call them. Um, there are many um, children who have come to the Netherlands without their parents, underage children, minors, who disappear. And that is a humongous problem in the Netherlands. And we all know it. And it has been on national television, on the news, mainstream media. But what is said then is that well, probably they have gone backpacking and, and just wandering off into the rest of Europe or they are disappearing into <laughs> nail polishing studios, parlors. <laughs> so the, the modus operandi, Jesse, it seems to be the same thing. Like as in the United States, we see these caravans of refugees, undocumented people. When they're undocumented, when they disappear, uh, no one notices except for the family who's also undocumented so they're scared to go to the police and you know and also the, the child protection services which mm -hmm. I know Jesse's been talking a lot about can you just explain the similarities there Jesse yeah um, I do agree that it is very similar we see you know the same methodology happening um, that we can say that organized Luciferian system uses um, one of the ways that they get children is to bring them in from other countries without birth certificates without any documentation um, you know in our country they'll bring them in um, usually they come you know with a handler somebody who's leading them across the border or they come with you know people who are not their family members um, so, you know, we had Donald Trump, you know, when he really went after this issue kind of at the beginning of this fight, that was one of the things that he, they did was, you know, these people, when they put them in the detention centers, um, they tested the DNA, you know, to see if the people who were with that child were even related. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it was how I was trying to remember the exact numbers and I'm probably off on this, but I believe they tested like, you know, 2000, um, the first time and found the majority of those kids of the 2000 kids were there with the people who were not even, you know, DNA blood relatives. 
So that kind of shows you a lot of the deception that, you know, the, the Illuminati does have individuals who, you know, will guide or bring children over. Um, they get them to kind of checkpoints where then they're given to, you know, over into the hands of other handlers and brought into the sex trafficking system. Um, the other thing with, you know, CPS too, you know, in our country, we do have um, a big problem going on with the medical kidnapping. Um, you know, we had the Cindy Oxberg case where they wanted her son who is disabled so badly that, you know, it kind of her physician encouraged her to, to move states and said, you know, you'll get much better medical care at this hospital. So she moves, but then what it did was it allowed the CPS system in that state to get involved and they came and basically took her son. And um, so we see kind of set up things that they're doing. Um, you know, so the, I think the scariest thing that we're dealing with is is that the Illuminati has this mass amount of children that they're going after and, you know, either ritually killing or, you know, ritually trafficking every year. And, you know, these kids are in a situation where they can't speak out. They can't tell, you know, others what's going on. And it really is flying under the radar. Nobody's aware of it. Nobody's vocalizing that there's an issue or a problem and i think as you know as americans as as world citizens you know we need to be very vocal about this issue i mean these are our children and you know whether it's in america or in the netherlands 30 to 50,000 for one year i mean that's a huge amount of kids that, you know, who's being accountable for those lives? You know, even if they are just wandering out into the, I mean, I mean, we all know the, the statistics that 30 to 50,000 children are not just going to be backpacking out into the middle of the wilderness and disappearing. You know, we know that that's not true. Um, but we should be concerned enough to say, hey, there's a problem. We need to do something. So I guess that's my next question. You know, it's almost like it's come to a point where there's not enough people in the Netherlands vocalizing or creating awareness about this. And it sounds to me like you guys need help. So, you know, here in the U.S., what can we do, Marion, um, to help with the issues that your country is having right now? Yeah, um, well, to help, uh, really to be shaken and moved into a situation of helping, um, I think it is important for people to realize how bad things are in the Netherlands. Um, Jeff, I actually will try to um, research on that number of missing children. Um, I don't know if I'll make it through this um, uh, radio show, but we will see um, if I can come up with some realistic figures, if they really are true. Um, but what I do have is um, some figures that are staggering and they are reality in the Netherlands. 
the Internet Watch Foundation has um, stated that of the child sexual abuse content on the Internet worldwide, 71% worldwide is hosted in the Netherlands due to the permissive legal system and excellent technical infrastructure. And then to compare that, worldwide, the USA is only responsible for 5% and notorious Thailand of the child prostitute um, has only 1%. Hmm. Wow, so, those and are staggering. And that is only talking about the open web of the internet because much more is even on hidden fora on the dark web and peer-to-peer -peer networks so, so to define for people basically what that means is that you're talking about um child pornography and things like that that are accessible so 71 percent of that pornography that's being tracked is is being accessed by people who live within the Netherlands. Is no, 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 hosted. It, it's hosted okay. on the internet by the Netherlands. And, it, um, okay. so they're showing it. Yeah, and okay. then if you combine that with um, the notorious justice system, um, I have told you a few things, but I haven't told you all of it at all. Um, things are happening and being covered up in the Netherlands and one of the notorious cases is something that I believe of um, that General Flynn has information about some of that mm -hmm. and um, what I'm talking about is the case of um, the former Justice Department Chief um, Joris Demink and um, people have found out that he is a pedophile and that he has this network around him and that he has been responsible for the rape of many children, minors, not only in the Netherlands, but also in Turkey and in, um, in the Czech Republic. And in 1998, that came out and um, investigations were started by police and the Justice Department. Um, it even came, it was even um, in the mainstream media, but then I, it got covered up. But on other levels, the talk about it has never stopped and new information would come out and yet new information would come out on top of that. And um, by everything that comes out, Regarding this case of Mr. Deming, um, you can see how rotten the system is and how many friends this man has, but actually how extended that network is and that people from politics, the media, um, justice, police, military, they are so interwoven working together to cover it up even even um controlled opposition is being used probably even within the community of truthers 
or patriots or whatever you would like to call them here. And um, I have stood in front of a judge that was part of this horrific network and this judge was acting in in a very strange and, uh, and, and, and hostile way towards me without having seen me ever before. And I was really shocked back then. And I lost my case against the stalker there and then. But only later, I found out by a news item on TV who he was and what he was part of. And so it is going very far. And what I would like to ask people who are hearing this interview is um, please get involved by prayer to begin with and by actively listening and asking questions when you see somebody saying something about the Netherlands on the internet. If you are on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, um, if somebody is talking about how bad things are in the Netherlands, then please believe them because it is bad. It is worse than that. And the worst thing about it all is the silence and the success with which the system, the Luciferian Brotherhood system, is still covering all those things so effectively, you know? It sounds like a strong stronghold for them because yeah. of the secrecy. But now you just mentioned this judge and I, you might not want to mention his name, but you said the judge and some of the things that this person was involved in. Do you yeah. want to talk about that a little bit more? Well, um, this man is um, somebody who is um, married to another man and he, um, and that's, in its basis is not a bad thing if you, if a Dutch person would hear that. Um, but he is part of um, the same network as um, Mr. Deming. And he has been um, really actively covering up cases and, and, and stopping investigations together with Deming. And he, um, yeah, Ladies and gentlemen in the listening audience, when you put together the statistics of 71% of this content being hosted there, that obviously says that the, the tech companies, the government, the regulators and that all know about this. And the fact that it's not part of a national conversation, the fact that there's activist judges and stuff, it sounds like the infiltration is as deep in the Netherlands as it is anywhere in the world. And it's, it sounds like right now there isn't as many protections in the Netherlands because at least in the United States and, and different places, it's coming out and, and there's people actually going in and rescuing, but it, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of that happening there. And, and we need to raise the awareness about the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, really need to. Yeah. Is yeah. what's the how how many people how many do a lot of people speak English in the Netherlands? Yes, many people speak English in the Netherlands. Um, apart from some of the elderly people, maybe, but um, many many people do. 
English do know English um, to some extent or fluently. Well, I will do my part and I will do a paid advertisement for this particular show and target the Netherlands. Wow, that is wonderful. Thank you so very much. I, I, I'm gonna I will do get that the word just, out myself too. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we'll, uh, and I'll keep track of it. And, you know, I, what I would really love to do, Marion, is have, uh, have a follow-up conversation with you, particularly after October the 6th. Mm -hmm. That and, would be wonderful, yeah. And let's see what's what's happened and what's changed. And, you know, Jesse and I are going to raise as much awareness on social media and get people looking there uh, because children everywhere and people everywhere have value. And, you know, the fact that, you know, we're, we're seeing some rescues and, and some stuff happening here in North America. In fact, we've seen a lot of evidence of it lately even in the news that hates to report it but the fact that we're not hearing anything coming out of the netherlands is scary yeah it, it is, it it is time to break break the silence yeah, you know, and, yeah and, go and, ahead. And, the, and the thing is also that um you know um well i think i i want to ask for prayer especially against the cognitive dissonance that is happening because what i am seeing is that first of all the narrative that is being used by what some call the new world order what others call the system or illuminati that narrative is so incredibly strong in the netherlands that um yeah up until let's say a few months ago even on a population of 17.4 million there would only probably be about 200 truthers or conspiracy theorists or whatever you would call them or QAnons or patriots and many of them didn't even know of each other's existence things have changed the last couple of months and people are getting more and more active partially in a paradoxical way thanks to the COVID-19 um, circus and <laughs> it's kind of backfired on the Luciferian cabal I think <laughs> it does it really does backfire on them and we are seeing that day today in the Netherlands too and that is a wonderful thing but still we're not there yet but the thing is, is that we have been feeling so alone, all of us on our own little isolated spot island, you know. And now we are slowly but surely finding each other. Protests are rising in the Netherlands. Protests uh, for children's rights against SRA, the ritual abuse. Um, a few have already happened since August 22nd and more are being planned. People are not silent anymore mm -hmm. and we are never going to be silent anymore. We yes. are not taking this for granted anymore, this status quo. It sounds like the rumblings are starting so we need to amplify that and one thing that, uh, that you know, I'm going to take a, a page out of a friend of the show's uh, playbook, Good Dog, 
what he has started to do on his show is to do a corporate prayer. And although we don't have one organized for this right now, uh, I'm going to ask it in a moment, Jesse, to pray just because she's so powerful. And and let's let's get that. And so anyone listening, you can echo this prayer, uh, echo it in your heart, uh, send it out, and uh, and let let's let's dispatch angels and you know God's army uh, to the Netherlands to uh, to to break this silence and to get more people aware and out of their feet. Jesse, are you comfortable with praying that? Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Lord Jesus, your word says that if we confess that you are Lord and that we believe that God raised you from the dead, that we shall be saved. Lord, in this situation, we confess that you are Lord. You are Lord over every nation. You are Lord over every situation. You are the sovereign one in control of every life, every country, every tribe, every tongue, Lord. We know that your word says that you have raised up each individual to be a royal priesthood unto you. Lord, we proclaim that over the children of the Netherlands and over the people there. Lord, they belong to you. They are set aside to be holy and righteous, to be a kingdom of priests, to minister to you, Lord. And so we just ask that in this, that you will intervene, you will intercede. We ask that you would break the chains of dark, of darkness and wickedness. We ask that you would remove this yoke of oppression that has been over this country through all the centuries. We ask that you would set the captives free and that they would come out with songs of joy and that we would hear their voices, that we would hear the praises, and that we would know this is a work that you have done, that it's not by the power of our hand or our might, it's not by the strength of our armies, but that it is by your hand that we receive deliverance and freedom. And so we ask this for the Netherlands, Lord, and we ask for this in the power of your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And thank you so much for that, Jesse. And, and Marion, just before we go, do you have a final thought, a final message that you would like to give out? And I also know that you're a novelist. I, I know you didn't come on here to plug, but here is an opportunity if you do want to uh, announce the name of your book. I'm certainly fine with that. <laughs> well, um, actually, I'm in the process of translating the first novel that have, has come out. The first novel's um, Dutch name is Ontworteling, and um, it is a book full of symbolism that could, I, well, maybe Jesse can explain a tiny little bit more about that book. There is another book that I'm writing, which is the next in the series, but Jesse knows something about the first book. Maybe she can better describe it than I can. Yeah, uh, oh, I'm so honored. Um, I how long it was probably almost two years ago when we first connected and um i got the honor of of getting some of the first readings of those translations and um marion's book is it's just amazing um it really 
it's about vampires, which is kind of a real taboo subject, especially among Christians. Um, but with her book, there were so many similarities as I was reading it, you know, as she's talking about these people that really it reminded me of what I grew up in with the Luciferian system. And um, there were just so many, you know, interwoven connections, um, so many hidden meanings that were in it. Um, and, you know, as I was reading it, I mean, it was just like waiting, you know, a kid waiting in the candy shop. It was like, oh my gosh, please send me more, you know, and I'd get done with each chapter and I'd be like, no, I need another one. So um, I really, you know, just an amazing writer and it, it's a really good book. And I would encourage, you know, anybody who is, is walking in the darkness or, you know, into the gothic scene, the vampire scene, or even I would encourage pastors because you have so many people that, you know, in this world that you're engaging with who, who don't have the same Christian values or morals. Um, this is a really good book to help you to learn how to engage in, with other people who are into other belief systems. Um, so I would really recommend it. Yeah, and what I'm waiting a, for the English version. I can't wait. <laughs> what a great endorsement. And please let us know, Marion, as, as soon as that English version is out in particular, um, so we can, you know, get the word out. It sounds like with that endorsement, I want it. That's for sure. And don't forget, Jesse has a book as well, His Kingdom Comes in Power. And this is a must read as well. So, I want to thank you, Marion, for coming on. Jesse, as always, I want to thank you. I mean, you're so important, and it's such an honor that you've joined right on, right on radio. Please visit their website, www.illuminatethedarkness. You can join the conversation on Facebook at Real Right on Radio. And just a reminder, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Right on radio. Right on radio.